Are you ready to ready. hear the word? Okay. Good. I want to always make sure you're ready. <laughs> because, you know, when God's working, we need to be expecting, don't we? Expecting to receive something of the Lord. I remember going to a meeting one time in Birmingham when uh, Kenneth E. Hagan was speaking, and, and I said, Lord, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan, he's got to say something to me. He's got to speak something to me. I'm, I'm drying up here on the vine. Have you ever felt like that? You just had to have a word from the Lord, and you're thinking, oh, Lord. And and so I got to the meeting, and, you know, it was not Brother Hagan that spoke to my life. It was one of the musicians on the platform, on the organ, that had a word, and it wasn't, you know, he didn't call me up and say, Scarlett, but it, when he spoke that word, I knew it was for me, and it changed me and helped me. So you never know who he's going to speak through when you come to church, but you know he's got something for you, don't you? So just expect tonight to receive something from him. If you have something going on in your life that's uh, opposing you or maybe some turmoil or chaos, uh, tonight we're just going to pray for peace for you and for answers and God has the answers. You know, he is the answer, isn't he? Uh, I, I just thank God that uh, we can rely on him for everything. It doesn't have to even be a huge thing. It can be just some small things in our life that we release our faith for and believe him for. And he always comes through. Hallelujah. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer before we begin. Father, we thank you for this evening's service. We thank you that we get to come to church. It's a privilege and an honor. We don't take it for granted, Lord. We thank you that we can come together around your word and that your word builds us up and gives us an inheritance in Christ Jesus, that it changes our minds, it renews our minds, and that helps us to think like you think and see things like you see them and know things like you know them. And so tonight we rely upon you, Father. We thank you for revelation knowledge. We thank you our ears are anointed to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, for our minds to be open and our hearts receptive to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to start tonight in Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, and we're going to look at uh, chapter 61. And um, some of this I'm going to put, if we can put on the screen in the New Living Translation, it would be good, Six, uh, Isaiah 61 and verse 1. Isaiah 61.1, and um, I'll just read it here. This is the New Living Translation. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Notice he has anointed us. The Bible says in Luke chapter 4, when Jesus quoted this and, and said this was about him, and if it's about him, it's, it's about us. Amen. We're the body of Christ. So it said that he's anointed us to bring good news to the poor. He's anointed us for the poor people. Praise God. Don't you love poor people? Amen? God's not just all about rich people. He's about poor people. He's about rich people. He's about sick people. He's about healed people. He's just for people. He just loves people. Amen? But if you find yourself in a situation where you're poor, where you don't have enough or you need more, uh, you're lacking in areas, of, especially financially, I believe it's talking about here. Uh, this church is anointed for you. Hallelujah. We're anointed to proclaim the good news to the poor. Now, that's just a little side trip there, but I just wanted to make you realize that there's anointing for the poor. And what does it do? Well, the good news will make you rich. Yeah. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord 
It maketh rich and adds no sorrow to it. So the anointing will increase your life in every area, really. But even financially, it will increase you. We just read a while ago how God has all the silver and all the gold. So his desire for you is to have what you need and even more than enough. So it's not just all about you, but so that you have enough to give. He wants us giving to the poor. He wants us, you know, he wants us doing all kinds of financial things. I mean, you read the Bible and you think, well, I have to be rich to do all this. He wants us to leave an inheritance to our children's children, not just our children, but our children's children. He wants us to be able to give to anybody that asks us. Now, that's that's a thought, isn't it? So, you know, he expects us to rely on him financially and to be blessed so that we can be a blessing. Hallelujah. So here is good news to the poor. Now, what I'm preaching about tonight is the restorative power of God. And, of course, that's one way he can restore in your life, especially if the devil's come in and stolen finances from you. I don't know if you've ever been stolen from, uh, you know, man's hand, but the devil's behind it no matter what. He's always behind stealing, killing, or destroying. I remember years ago um, I had about... uh, Figured out about 11 to 12 million dollars stolen from me. So I've been through a little bit of that. And, um, I can tell you it's a, it's heartbreaking. But when you realize that you're not connected to this world system, when you're a Christian, when you're born of God, you're connected to the maker of heaven and earth. Amen? I mean, someone who made it all is your father. And when you keep that in your mind and in your heart, there's nothing that you need that he doesn't have and that he doesn't want you to have. I mean, he is so gracious, much more so than what we, I think, than what we believe or know. I mean, he wants you to have the best of anything that you can think of. And sometimes we think, oh, well, you know, this is good enough for me or this is, you know, a lot of times this is good enough for the church and just barely get by and all that. But God, that's not the way God thinks. He is extremely uh, magnificent in what he does. I mean, just look at the description of heaven, right? Uh, it, you know, it's just really, really over the top when you think about walking on streets of gold. Uh, and then the, the beautiful mansions, it doesn't say, you know, trailer parks, it says mansions. Um, it says things about uh, pearls and, and gates made out of pearl, you know, one pearl, that's a big oyster, isn't it? <laughs> so, I mean, we've got amazing things in heaven, and he said, uh, let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I think we think too small sometimes, but God is very extravagant. He's he's not wasteful at all. You can see through the word he's not wasteful. I mean, after he fed the 5,000, he gathered up the, the leftovers, didn't he? And um, he didn't just leave everything. I mean, he's very uh, uh, good steward, and he expects us to be good managers and good stewards. But he's very extravagant. If you look at his lifestyle, and he just wants to be a blessing. That's what I'm saying about all this. Amen? Seems like every time I preach, I get off on this rabbit trail. (laughs) But it's okay, right? Because we need to know that our Father, He loves us. And He loves us not just, Oh, I love you, I want to hug you. He loves you, and He wants to bless you. He wants you to have richly all things to enjoy. Amen? Now, He doesn't want things to have us. 
uh, and just be prepared when you're blessed that he's going to ask you for some things. He might ask you for your favorite watch or your favorite necklace or your favorite ring. He might ask you to give your car away. He might ask you to give your house away. I've had him tell me all those things. And I've obeyed him, praise God, through his grace and his and just the strength of God, being able to do what he says to do. But I tell you, he's never, I have never been left without a meal, you can tell that. <laughs> and I have never been left without uh, his loving hands in every part of my life. And I thank God for that. So that's good news to the poor, isn't it? And then he sent me to uh, comfort the brokenhearted, to proclaim uh, that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. Hallelujah. Then we'll go on. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Now, we have, you know, we can say we, we have enemies in the New Testament. Uh, we know that we have one adversary, <laughs> the devil, the Bible says. So we have to keep our mind now on who we have as an enemy in the New Testament. Really and truly, I think that we minimize that so many times. We think people are our problem or situations are our problem or even government is our problem or, you know, these uh, educational system, etc. But the adversary that we have, the Bible makes it very clear, is the devil. Amen. Now, he has cohorts along with him, demonic spirits, but the devil is your problem. Amen. And uh, always keep that in mind when uh, when you see that the God's anger against our enemies, He really takes uh, uh, anger against the enemy, the enemy that we have. And um, so we'll go on and read. Okay, verse three: To whom, to all who mourn in Israel, He will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an oak. (laughs) You're an oak of righteousness. That's really something there. You know, oak trees are pretty strong. And it says, you are a great oak of righteousness that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Okay, we'll go on. Verse 4. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Now, I want you to see three things in that verse there uh, that we want to talk about just briefly tonight. Rebuild, repair, and revive. Notice God's heart in these areas. Now here it's talking about ruins and cities and and we've seen even some destroyed cities this year in our nation. Um, But, you know, there's been a lot of people uh, that have gone through uh, horrible destruction this year. Uh, Whether they've, you know, had this virus or they've known people that have had it in their families and they've, they've passed or, or, just the the financial destruction because of closed businesses or even closed churches. Um, But praise God, he is into rebuilding, repairing, and reviving. God specializes in restoration. He is the God of restoration. 
Amen. I just love that about him. Uh, sometimes when we think things are over and done and will never, ever be again, just about that time, God shows us what he can do and how much better he can do in in rebuilding and repairing and reviving. Now, I just want to give you a definition so you can, and you probably know what these things mean, but sometimes it's good just to delve into it a little more so that we can apply it to our lives. Rebuilding, to build something again after it has been damaged or destroyed. To rebuild it again. Now, this is part of what God likes to do, is rebuild things. Rebuild people. Amen? I remember years ago, you know, we've always had hurricane problems in my hometown, Panama City Beach. We've had, uh, I don't even know how many. Uh, Tampa's ha- hadn't had one since 1928, but we've had them just, just, you know, continually through the years. And this one, uh, in, uh, I believe 1975, Eloise was especially bad, um, destroyed our family business, our motel. And my father, of course, had worked, this had been his dream since high school to build a motel on the beach. And then, you know, this just horrible storm came, destroyed it. And you can imagine standing in front of it and just seeing the devastation. I mean, all the the cabana units that we had looked like caves. All the beds were gone, the TVs were gone. The carpet was gone, <laughs> it was like a cave instead of a, a room. The pool was gone, you know, the patio, everything. Um, even the wind damage to the top floors was really horrendous. Uh, so he said, I'm done, I'm finished, I'm not ever going to do rebuild this. I'm, I'm finished with this. These storms are horrible and I'm done. And my mother said, Oh no, we can rebuild. We can make it better. We can make it. It was time to remodel anyway. And now we have this special small business loan, you know, this SBA and all. We can do it bigger and better. And, and so, of course, it gave them courage to do it. And, and they did. And it was bigger and it was better. And it was, it was time to remodel. So it was all updated and, uh, things, uh, were really financially better after the storm than they were before the storm. So praise God. Amen. If you can apply that to your life, maybe this year you've been through a horrible storm, just maybe not weather, but just all the other elements that have hit your life and just know there is life after a storm. And if you build your house on the rock, the Bible says the storms that come and beat vehemently on you, uh, where, where you're built on a rock, it will not shake you. Amen. You just keep on stepping forward and going on with God and you'll be amazed at how your life can, there can be a turnaround and just a glorious, uh, 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 impartation of God's grace in that situation. Amen. He can do more than we can even ask or think. Hallelujah. Now to repair. Uh, means to patch an extensive damage or dilapidation. And I think about restoration of furniture. I've told you about the story where my uh, great-grandmother's breakfast table was out in the barn for years, and we went to visit the old property, and my dad <laughs> drug it out of the barn, and it was just legs hanging down, and horrible, horrible looking. And he said, we're going to get this fixed. This is my grandmother and my great-grandmother's table. I used to eat breakfast on this table. And I thought, they'll never be able to fix that. 
<laughs> it looks terrible. And he did. He took it and had it restored. And we've used it for years, even after my dad passed. I've used it for years. It's still in our home today. And it's a beautiful table. Um, it just reminds me of the repair that God can do in our lives. When we feel like people are dragging us out of the barn and our legs and arms are hanging off and we're just about gone, amen, God can come in, intervene, and make our lives very beautiful and very useful. Very useful again. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter how old you are because that table was very old, is very old, but it's beautifully uh, used today um, and it's a display, I believe, of the love of God in our lives. Now, revive. Now listen to this. To return to consciousness or life to become active or flourishing again. So that's like if you're unconscious or maybe even dead, you know, the, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the Bible says, dwells in us and quickens our mortal body. So there's a revival part of God that can quicken dead things. If you think things in your life are just dead, maybe dreams that you had are just dead. They're, they'll never happen. It's over. It's finished. Um, I, I'm here to tell you that God is a God of restoration. And he can revive things in your life that you never thought in a million years would ever happen. I got married two years ago. I told David when, we, when he first started calling me, I said, I'm not getting married again. <laughs> I'm through with romance and I'm through with marriage. <laughs> and so, yeah, I ate my words because God had another plan. <laughs> Amen. But sometimes we do want to throw up our hands and give up. We've been through a lot of pain or a lot of heartache or maybe things that we thought, you know, I'm just through. I'm finished and I'm through. But God's not through. Amen. And, and I want to reiterate this to all of us, especially because this was my 60th year, my 60th birthday. It doesn't matter how old you are either. I mean, it's just remarkable the use that God has for old people. Amen. And just look at the Bible if you don't believe me, because Abraham's blessings are ours and he was used at a very old age and so was his wife, Sarah. Amen. And there's a just many, many others. So don't give up on life just because you think, oh, I'm too old to do this or that or be, be meaningful or be significant. Your your life is extremely significant. And I encourage you at any age to do what God's called you to do. Amen? And don't be ashamed of what God's called you to do. Put your hand to the plow and don't look back. Amen? I think in our older days we should even run faster than we were running before and do better because we have more experience and more knowledge and more understanding of the will of God. And we can really help the younger people understand what God has for them. So it's not time for us to give in and throw in the towel. It's time for us to take up the cross and follow him. Amen. And that's what we're doing here at Grace Harvest Church. So we're going to rebuild, repair, and revive just like our Lord. We're going to help others in this these manners as well. So what do you do when people have hurt you, when people have stolen from you? You know, this part of, of restoration, I believe, is letting the uh the uh uh the resentment or bitterness or uh, just the heartache go. Letting it go is a part 
of the healing power of God in your life. Now, I know that's easy for me to stand up here and say that tonight because I'm really not going through anything. (laughs) But I'm telling you, when you're in the midst of all that, sometimes it's very difficult to let go when when someone's or some people even have hurt you through your life, have said things to you. Maybe they've cursed you. Maybe they have stolen. Maybe they have uh, accused you of things that you never did, never would have thought of doing. And and yet, you know, they they become very persuasive other other over other people, and um, maybe even have turned others against you. And I might be speaking by the Spirit of God. Maybe one of those cases is what you're facing tonight. But I can tell you that uh, put them in the hands of God. Amen? Um, I believe that God, you know, the Bible says, uh, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Now, I don't believe that God thinks like we think. When we think of vengeance, we think, get them, God. (laughs) Get them and and make their life miserable. (laughs) Um, Hit them really where it counts and all that kind of thing. But that's really not the way God thinks. He's a merciful God. The Bible says he's rich in mercy. So when you're putting people in the hands of God, really, you are, uh, are, are putting them in the hands of a loving father. And that's the best place they can be. Um, I believe that uh, when when uh, Jesus came and died and paid for our sins, and and uh, the Bible says God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, um, then He didn't die for good people. He didn't die for Christians. We weren't even Christians. We were the world. We were the sinners. And so I think we have to keep in mind that. Uh, he died for those who are hurting you or despitefully using you. Um, he's, he died for those who are wronging you, even if they're wronging you tonight. Jesus loves them and he died for them. So, uh, the Bible says pray for your enemies. Pray for those who despitefully use you. And when we do, we put them in the loving hands of God and God can help them because they have been taken captive by the enemy that's exactly what's happened they've been taken captive they are blinded by the enemy and this scripture in Isaiah 61 says that God will bind up the brokenhearted um, you know one person told me one time uh, hurt people hurt people yeah. and if they're hurt it's almost like an animal that's been hurt, even if it's your little pet and they've been hurt, maybe run over by a car and you run up to them to try to help them. They'll bite you many times, even though they love your, you know, they love you. But if they're hurt, they can hurt others. And so many times people are broken hearted. I'm not making excuses for them. There's no excuse, but there are reasons. There are reasons that people act the way they do. Um, there are no excuses, but there are reasons. Amen? So they could be brokenhearted. They could have been taken captive by the enemy or even blinded by the enemy. The Bible says that the, their minds have been blinded. And darkness is a very real thing in the unseen realm. The darkness of, of the, the enemy. Um, and so he comes in and blinds people and they can't, they can't see straight, they can't think straight. Many times, uh, you know, if you're in a dark room, uh, you get up, you know, maybe in the middle of the night, you, you can't even see your hands in front of you if you're in a very dark room. You can't see where to go. You can't see what to do. Trying to find the light and can't find the light switch. 
And many times people are living in that kind of darkness um, on the earth because the enemy has blinded them. And so really it gives you compassion for people who are, are ugly or mean or hateful or stealing or killing or trying to even destroy your life. It gives you a compassion for them. And therefore, um, it gives you a mercy where you can take God's love and forgive them. You can forgive them. Amen? And sometimes, you know, it takes a lot of forgiveness. Sometimes I know I've been through such hurt that um, I had to forgive a particular person like 490 times a day, <laughs> it seemed like. I would Every time those feelings would creep up, I would say, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive. Out loud, I would say it. Amen? But until you get wholeness and healing, sometimes you have to be persistent. I forgive. I release them. They're in the hands of God. I put them in your hands, Father, to deal with them and to help them and to strengthen them and to give them what they need so they don't act like that anymore. Amen? Praise the Lord. And won't hurt other people. So we pray for them. Now, let's look at, and I'll close with this, in Isaiah. Are you getting anything out of it? I hope I'm not preaching out at you. I'm just trying to encourage all of us. Um, because there's a lot of darkness in the world and a lot of hate, hatred. And um, the Bible says we don't uh, recompense evil for evil, but uh, uh, we overcome evil with good. And so God is good, and the best way, the best thing you can do to hateful people is pray for them. Amen? Put them on your prayer list. You know, we always want to put people on our prayer list that we really, really like. (laughs) I want to put them on my prayer list. But, you know, people that you have a hard time with, you think, I don't even want to see their name, much less pray for them. But God instructs us to. And there's a reason behind that. And if we can look past their face and see the enemy tormenting them, and sometimes tormenting us through them, then we know the culprit. We know who it is that's causing the problems. And the Bible clearly says we have authority over him in Jesus' name. We have authority over the devil. Amen? And I'm telling you, his word is so powerful. And and if and yes, they have a choice. They have a choice to choose life or death. Um, and, and God will give them that opportunity. And, and yet, if they keep on, you know, with with their bad self, <laughs> if they keep on with their bad self, God will make a way for you to uh, escape from from that. You don't have to keep putting up with being um, harassed or whatever they're doing. Um, but praise God, I, I believe that he'll move mightily, and, and sometimes we're very surprised at how he moves in people's lives. Praise the Lord when we pray. Now let's look at Isaiah 58, and we'll close with this. Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is not this the fast that I have chosen, to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry, and that thou bring the poor that are cast out to thy house, when thou seest the naked that thou cover him, and when thou hide not thyself from thine own flesh? So he said, this is what a fast that I have chosen. You know, over the years, I've been involved in a lot of prayer, prayer meetings and prayer conferences and, and fasting comes up from time to time and it's fine, it's fine to fast. It might be good for some of us to fast some and to pray. 
But I believe that this is the fast that God's called us to, and we need to put this as a priority in our lives. And it's the same job description as, as God was sharing that uh, in Isaiah 61 is that um, he wants to loose the bands of wickedness on people. He wants to undo heavy burdens. He wants the oppressed to go free, and he wants to break every yoke of bondage. And the anointing will do that. It will relieve burdens. It will remove heavy burdens, and it destroys the yoke of bondage. So the anointing will set people free. It brings liberty. Amen? The devil brings bondage, and uh, the anointing of God brings liberty and freedom. Verse 7, it is not, is it not to deal thy bread to the hungry? So these are things that uh, we can do, praise the Lord, and not hide ourselves from our own flesh um, as we are participating in this fast that God's called us to. Now look at verse 8. Then shall thy light break forth as the morning, and thine health shall spring forth speedily. I tell you, it does good for our hearts to participate in the will of God. It's good for our hearts. It's good for our health. It's good for our physical bodies. Uh, you know, there's times when I've just drugged myself into church and then after ministering to people or loving people or even a healing line, I feel great. Why? Because I've stirred up the Spirit of God. Amen? And the Spirit of God always brings life. And it'll min- the Spirit of God will minister to the cells of your body, to the tissues of your body, to your bones, to your organs. I mean, it'll bring life to your physical body. Hallelujah. I mean, it will revive you. It will bring you back from unconsciousness. Hallelujah. So you see, your light will break forth as the morning. Your help shall spring forth speedily. And thy righteousness shall go before thee. And the glory of the Lord shall be thy re-reward. And then thou shalt call in the name of the Lord. He will answer. Thou will cry and he shall say, Here I am. If thou shalt take away from the midst of thee, the yoke and the putting forth the finger and speaking vanity. If you, if you'll draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and thy darkness be as the noonday. And the Lord shall guide thee. I love this part continually. He'll guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thy shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Here we go, rebuilding. Amen. Repairing, reviving. Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations. Do you believe that? I believe these next generations are going to be blessed because of us. Amen. We had a minister tell us the other day, he said, you know, y'all are up to bat. It's time for you. Amen. You're up to bat. And I, I know that that's a greater responsibility on our part, but we're up for it, aren't we, Pastor David? <laughs> this church is up for it. Praise God. We're up to bat. And, um, you know, there's been times where we've relied on those over us on the Lord, in the Lord to have meetings and conferences and do the will of God and do the work of God and be on television and do this and the other. But now we're up to bat. Amen? And we're going to do the will of God. So we're going to raise up the foundations of many generations and thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restorer of paths to dwell in. It is God's will for restoration to take place in your life and through you to others. 
Are you ready to take that challenge? Amen. And tell people, uh, don't be disheartened. God is the restorer. God is the rebuilder. God is the repair. Hallelujah. And God is even reviving. I believe he's reviving his churches. He's reviving this nation. He's going to show himself great. Amen. And we're going to see marvelous things in these last days and very soon. Praise the Lord. So uh, take hold of this tonight. And if you're uh, one of those who are struggling and, and you're in the midst of this storm, know that there's light, there's light, and God is leading you toward that light. And your life can be greater than it ever has been before. Praise the Lord. The Bible says the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter, even until the noonday. So let's stand up tonight. Let's just lift our hands and worship him. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, that you're restore. We thank you, Lord, that you're a repairer, that you're a reviver, that you breathe life, and that because of your life, we flourish, we grow, we are enlightened, and we are strengthened with all might by your Spirit in our inner man, that tonight, Father, I pray that that strength would be imparted to each one, that they would sense your mighty hand upon them tonight, right now. That if there's been tiredness, if there's been weakness, if there's been uh, despair or discouragement, tonight, right now, people are encouraged. They're helped by your Holy Spirit manifesting around them and in them ministering to their physical bodies, to their emotions, to their mind. And in their inner man, they're strengthened, strengthened, strengthened with all might. Hallelujah, we receive your might, for you're a mighty God. And because you are mighty, we're mighty. (laughs) We're mighty. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You might think tonight, well, I'm not mighty. I'm in a weak state right now, a weak state of mind or a weak uh, physical place. The Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. I am strong. It would be really good for you to say that right now, even in your house at home on live stream. I am strong. Hallelujah. We are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus, for your might, for your strength. Hallelujah. Oaks of righteousness is what we are. Planted by the Lord. And the winds come and the winds blow. And those that are planted by the Lord, stand strong in the times of adversity and flourish and flourish in the courts of their Lord and praise and honor God. And He takes pleasure in their faith and their confidence and their trust in Him. For he's pleased by faith. 
Hallelujah. We have faith in you, Lord. We have faith in you, Lord. We have faith in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Praise to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a glorious Lord. What a magnificent God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you.